Hello folks, welcome back to Giant Talk. This is your friendly neighbourhood podcast host, Roger, as you well know from those that have been listening to us for a long time. I recently took back uh, hosting duties on our podcast, having been obviously one of the very early hosts, uh, following on from Carly's excellent work over the past year. Uh, I'm now back in uh, on podcasting duties, so really pleased to be doing that. I'm really pleased as well to be able to talk to some fantastic people along the way. You know, I love spending time with uh, the guests that we have because if I wasn't doing this, I probably wouldn't get as much chance to. So, and I'm really pleased as well today to say that we have joining us uh, from Talk Talk here in the UK, Mr. Ian Turner. Uh, very good to have you along in. Yeah, delighted to be here. Excellent, excellent. So for our listeners, would you mind just uh, kind of giving a bit of a background, a bit of intro, telling people what you do, what you've done, that sort of thing? Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. Um, so as Roger said, I'm Ian Turner. I'm the um, talent director at Talk Talk. Uh, and I guess what does talent director involve here? Um, essentially, it's the entire employee life cycle. So I look after everything from uh, employer brand and recruitment through to L&D, leadership development, uh, and basically the performance of the organization through its people, so even including succession planning, uh, and crucially, um, diversity and inclusion as well. Yeah, that sounds like quite a broad remit for a a talent director. Is is that you know, is, is that the case or are, are talent director roles usually now that, uh, uh, that wide in their responsibilities? Um, it's definitely, it's definitely a broad scope for sure. Yeah. Um, I think this is why when you say talent director to people, it means different things to different people. Mm. But the exciting bit of this is that, you know, we, we set the strategy to bring, attract and bring brilliant people into the organization. But I also see that through that in terms of having, great career prospects for people and retaining great talent and seeing them grow. So it doesn't just stop at recruit them and let them go. It's, it's seen it all the way through the employee life cycle. So for me, that broad scope is, is brilliant for me. Yeah, it gives you a lot to get your teeth into. And like you say, you know, if you put a lot of effort into just bringing them into the organization and then um, perhaps that, that talent that, that, that talent that you've found and brought in how, isn't then you know given the chance to flourish that can i can imagine that would be really frustrating but clearly that's within your remit so yeah it's just being able to you get the reward from seeing people you've brought into an organization grow Mm. their career and go on to great things it's it's brilliant to be able to see that Mm. excellent excellent now for those that are and we get a lot lot of listeners from from overseas uh, that might not be familiar with Talk Talk. Uh, can you just give us a, a quick, um, a quick few words on Talk Talk as a business? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Talk Talk uh, is the value player um, within the UK uh, connectivity market. So um, we provide fiber connectivity to around about four million uh, customers right now uh, across the UK. Um, and as I say, we we play at the value end of the market because we believe that connectivity is a right rather than a luxury hmm. um so we, we we take great pride in challenging the big boys shall we say uh in terms of being able to provide great connectivity and tv and entertainment not just to um residential homes but also to businesses from the very small to the very large 
um, and be able to differentiate based on service and, and value, really. Excellent, excellent. And I can say, as a Talk Talk customer myself, um, I've been with you for 12 months and I've never had more reliable broadband. So there you go. There's an Amazing and great value, yeah? <laughs> Absolutely, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we're here to talk about OKRs and the things that wrap around them. And you and I uh, initially crossed paths, oh, God, we're going back probably about three, maybe get you on towards four years ago now, didn't we, when we started yeah. talking, I think. So um, obviously I know a bit of the story, but there's a lot of people out there that don't. So when we started, what was it that prompted you as an organisation, Talk Talk as an organisation, to, uh, to, to think about using OKRs? What, what put them on your radar? We needed, or I certainly felt that we needed something different. So, you know, we worked on goals across the organization and they tended to be on the traditional smart model, et cetera. Um, but it wasn't really driving and engaging people. It became, it became twofold, really. It became quite an admin task. I think some yeah. people found it that way because um, they couldn't see the correlation between what they're doing and how it, kind of transpires up to um, the organisational strategy and gives people that sense of purpose, if you like. Um, but secondly, it was really task. Um, and it would became, you know, do this by then. And yeah. I think for me, it becomes a bit of a conveyor belt. But also <laughs> what I also found was that just the way of operating goals, managers were doing all the thinking and they were telling people what they needed to do to hit right. a And... You know, there's all those quotes, I think it's the Richard Branson quote out there that was, why hire brilliant people and then tell them what to do? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, the the whole thing around me as a line manager having to put an awful lot of thought into not just what I do, but what I want the team to do and how to do it, just felt a bit archaic um, and a bit long-winded and not particularly engaging. So we wanted to, we wanted to do something a bit different um, that could engage people, and that's when... Um, having done a bit of research into OKRs, et cetera, then it seemed like the right way to go. Yeah, because like you say, under traditional goal setting, it, it, they, they rarely sort of gave, you know, the wider teams, the wider wider, the wider people, the, the sense or the opportunity or even the license, you might say, to think a little bit more freely, a little bit more broadly. Um, and also... Oh. You know, with, like you say, with the managers traditionally doing the thinking, that just builds a huge, depend huge dependency, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and it's also, <laughs> I'm going to laugh when I say this, but it's quite egotistical as well. Because it's almost <laughs> like, it's like the manager has got the answers to everything. Yeah. And, you haven't. and actually, you know, the bit that I love is when we do the OKRs in the talent team for us, for example. Mm. You know, I might have an idea about what I think will be the right solution to drive the outcome. But I love it nothing more than when the team just come out with a completely left field idea that would blow my idea out of the water. Oh, um, yeah. And it's yeah. brilliant. And doing traditional task-based smart objectives, we would have missed that. Yeah. Um, and the team potentially could get frustrated by that and, and decide they're going to go somewhere else. So to give them the license to think and have an opinion and understand why the outcome is what it is and then give them the freedom to come up with a solution of how we get there is massively empowering and engaging for them and it 
kind of makes my life a little bit easier as well. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what? You touch upon a really interesting point there. When I know, I know you said it with with maybe your tongue in your cheek, although I, I can't see you at the moment. Um, <laughs> but about um, uh, ego playing a role, there are. I mean, having worked with leaders for many, many years, it's not uncommon for some leaders, perhaps those that are maybe a little bit more insecure than most to want to hoard that knowledge because knowledge, well, it's a bit of a cliche, knowledge is power. Knowledge knowledge can give you control because you can manage just how much you drip feed out uh, yeah. and then keep people guessing. And if they're guessing, they're not necessarily acting independently or, or you know, or, 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 or going off in, in, in on their own route. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, all right, let me ask you a question, right, in this. Through the use of OKRs in Talk Talk, as you have done for a couple of years now, have you come across people who have actually been who actually felt quite uncomfortable about it? I mean, you don't have to mention names, obviously, but have you come across people that have felt felt really uncomfortable about that that level of you know sharing and transparency that they uh, they require? Yeah, not many, thankfully. Um, but I think. Where you do see it is, and typically in organisations, and you know, and on occasions we've done this, and I'm sure loads of people listening to this podcast will be in the same boat, is we've promoted people who are great at a job into a leadership role. And that creates, in my, my term, is senior doers, not <laughs> leaders. Um, and it's those senior doers that are probably more uncomfortable yeah because they're not great leaders and they're all and to be a great leader you need empowerment and, and engagement and all of those skill sets so mm-hmm. if it's more about a senior doer they'll they're more inclined to say well i'll tell you how to do it because it worked for me yeah but yeah a great leader will be here's the outcome i can give you some guide rails if you like yeah but you go and find your way yeah and yeah that's the difference that i see it's the senior doers that struggle a bit the leaders love it yeah yeah yes yes some really interesting um observations and insights to 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 chew over there but i'm i'm keen as uh, uh, to hear about your your kind of overall journey with okrs at talk talk you know there's going to be people listening in who have uh are either in still in the very early stages of of, of trying okrs out or perhaps maybe haven't even uh taken the leap yet so um would you mind just sharing, you know, the journey that you took so that others can kind of start to get a sense as to how, how, how it can be approached? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think for us, it was start small um, because it's a mindset shift, I think, is the easiest way to put it for people. So, you know, we found uh, a real advocate for them on our board um, who was willing to trial and pilot um, OKRs as a, as a way of, of setting the kind of the direction of travel. Um, and we started in our, in our business to business division and, um, got the leaders on board and we started to take them through the process with, uh, Roger's help. Um, and we've kind of grown it from there. And actually you start to get other people then going, Oh, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Cause the language is different. The momentum is different. The engagement is different. So, People start to get curious, and then they want to they want to have a go of OKRs. Um, 
the bit that I would say was was kind of the hard yards, which is where you guys really helped us, is, as I say, it's a mindset shift. So mm. being able to craft an OKR in a way that is not telling them exactly what they've got to do and um, talks about the why we're going to do it and we're talking about deliver- writing the OKRs in the past tense as though you've already delivered it to make people vision it better. Yeah, yeah. That's a... That was really hard for some people to get their heads around because they're just so you're unpicking years and years and years of doing traditional goals. Yeah. Um, but once it lands, they get it. Um, and as I say, you know, we, we started off in our B2B area, that's then kind of grown uh into our wholesale area. Um, and then in a people team, we definitely use it um to help with with all of ours and help keep prioritized because there's so many other requests come in that the OKRs mean that you focus on the stuff that's going to really turn the dial and you can kind of deprioritize the other stuff. Mm, um, mm. So that's worked really, really well for me. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to, we're doing some big strategic projects at the moment as part of the industry transformation from copper to fiber connectivity. Um, and being able to really focus on what the outcomes you want to drive um, is something that we're just working through right now. Um and it's proven to be a really useful kind of project for us and process for us as well. All right. So it sounds like you're still very much using them in that sort of spotlight fashion. You're focusing in on the on the transformational activity, which is which is going to really drive the business forward. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is. I think that's where it's kind of started. My my kind of aim and the plan for this year is that we can probably utilize a lot of the OKR methodology mm-hmm. in terms of helping um, our more junior people have sight of why we're setting the goals that they've got mm-hmm. um, and linking it through because it's very, you know, when, you, when you're in a very KPI-driven role, as some of our people are, it's very difficult to see why. Mm. Um, so actually, by working with those more junior teams at the moment we're kind of going look we want we need to be here by the end of the year as an organization let's break this down into quarters so what kpis what do you need to do um to get there it just really helps them see their place in the journey and how it's helping so Mm -hmm. yes we are going to do it predominantly on the big strategic stuff um, but the methodology is lending itself to actually providing greater clarity and, and engagement further down the organization yeah at the same time it's kind of like the dissemination of 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 good practice isn't it um but but then striking the balance between um not creating you know so many okrs that it becomes so bureaucratic every time you want to reset at the end of a a quarter if you're running to a three-monthly cycle um it's interesting because we've had a few clients that have um, voiced the same um, uh, desires to want to kind of, you know, as I said, sort of share the wider practice. And the the solution that that we've come up with, which we've used with a number of clients now, which is which is working really well, is you have you have your your, your transformational OKRs, which are what we call the hard aligned OKRs. All right, so there's a very clear sort of parent-child relationship between those, and then you've got 
what we're calling um, the team innovation OKRs, so where you've got perhaps a heavily operational team that are KPI driven, but if they've got an idea about how they could transform something or improve something, then they have an OKR toolkit at their disposal, which which they can use. Um, but the difference is that the goal is set as a, a, a as a, as a team rather than for individual. Yeah, I completely agree, and it, mm. and the two line up so nicely because you know if you're in one of those operational areas and you're given these KPIs, you know sometimes you could not done this but i reckon if you ask some of the managers why those kpis are what they are they probably couldn't tell you because they just they are what they are <laughs> they Whereas actually, inherited them. Really yeah exactly yeah. if you're really really clear of what the big strategic stuff is up there then you can go well this is how it links yeah and then you know it's the what's the, what's the analogy of the the janitor at nasa saying he helps put a man on the moon it's exactly mm -hmm. that piece that, that it helps so so yeah i think the big bit for us is get the strategic stuff done and that helps but then the, the the kind of the flow through is it helps with the more operational teams to give a bit more clarity on the why. So it sounds like purpose is really important for you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's what drives people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Now, uh, now that you've been working with OKRs for a couple of years, um, I'd like to think that you've seen some benefit from them. Um, <laughs> I guess you wouldn't still be working with them if you haven't. Um, so, you know, what what are the benefits that you have seen, and you know, have you been able to to measure any sort of return on investment around them? Yeah, so we've got some some kind of just observational things. It's just people with a different language, people being able to articulate the why more. That's definitely helps. And we see some. Um, we run a, a survey every quarter for our people, and you know things like strategy and they rate them on a one to 10 NPS type scale. And we're seeing that score go uh, north in a, in a really positive way and quite quickly. Some of the, the some of the key stats though that I thought it would be useful to kind of call out that we've, that we've identified is, you know, against the question of OKRs kept us focused throughout the quarter, 85% of people agreed, um, which, was, which was great. Um, in terms of, and this is really important to me, back to that purpose point, around OKRs help bring the strategic priorities to life. 80% um, agreed. Wow. Um, and again, just being able to bring that to life, it's not just something that's a bit aspirational and out of reach, and it's only something that senior people do. Then that's really important to us as well. A um, couple of others, OKRs are stretching and motivational, 75% said yes. Uh, and OKRs drive better communication and collaboration, 70% said, yeah. So really, really positive uh, results that we're seeing out of the back from from the feedback from our people that are utilising them. Um, so massively impressed with it. Okay, that's really great to hear. I mean, just to draw a comparison, and, I, and you know, being a... Be, being a a, a a coach when it comes to setting good key results, I like to know what the what the baseline was to start off with to judge the judge the level of improvement. But can you give us a sense as to what those scores were perhaps before you started OKRs, roughly speaking? Yeah, roughly speaking, um, they were probably what would I say? I'd have probably said about sixty percent because not even everybody had goals. Yeah, it was just KPIs. You know, it was they didn't even have them, so there wasn't even a conversation around 
could we do it better or why are we doing this? So I would have said it was sort of 50, 60% on all of those would have been where we were. Um, seeing the clarity now, but again, it's more than just, more than just a set of percentages on a, on a couple of questions like that. It's you chat to people and they're coming up with ideas because they get it. And even if they don't completely get the strategy, they might be going a bit off piece. It sparks up debates that you can do some more explaining. So it's things like that that are less tangible, um, but have a massive impact. Yeah. Now that's that's looking at um, uh, uh, the benefits from a uh, uh, you know you know from a workforce point of view. But that's just I'm curious as to the leadership themselves, the leadership team, and the, and and you know the, the the senior managers. Have they? What sort of benefits are they seeing? Um, they're seeing a couple of benefits, really. Number one is there's a real focus on the strategic priorities, the stuff that's going to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're definitely seeing that. And there's an element now of, and this takes a bit of time because, again, it's, a, it's shifting a bit of a culture thing as well. But, you know, things like co meetings and the number of meetings you need to go in can be reduced. Um, but equally, they can be a, an awful lot more efficient because, you know, when you start to look at your OKRs and are they red, amber, or green, the, there's a there's an empowerment and a trust piece that says if it's green, then we're not even going to discuss it in the stakeo because yeah. we trust you to get it done. The golden rule that we always say is don't don't report a green until the last week of the quarter and then give me a red because something's <laughs> gone wrong. But you know that. Trust and empowerment piece to say, right, we're not going to talk about anything that's green because you're on it. We trust you. Go and be brilliant. Whereas we will then, you know, where anything is that is going a little bit off in terms of it's maybe an amber on the scorecard or or, or a red, mm. then as a team we'll all lean in and we'll kind of spark ideas on how we could get it back on track. So you spend your time looking at the stuff that's going to add value, not the stuff that's just reporting on stuff you could read on a dashboard. So the so the meetings either become shorter because you've got no reds or, or ambers, or they're certainly more efficient and more valuable because you're collectively coming up with solutions. So I'm hearing, uh, in sort of summary, I'm hearing a greater, a greater degree of focus and all, almost um, maybe some efficiencies coming into yeah. the, the sort of general uh, process of kind of uh, steering the ship, so to speak, because you know you are actually only f- focusing on or giving time to those things that really warrant it. Yeah, and, and and there's a I don't know if it's a psychological thing. The psychologists out there might challenge me on this, but when you talk historically, when we talked about goal setting and things like that, it's felt a bit like an HR thing that we're doing to the business. Mm. Um, OKRs are a real business tool. And that's owned by the business because it's providing solutions within their teams to business challenges. So it gets rid of any kind of admin task thing. And it's not feels like something like we do in the, in the HR team to kind of, right, this is good practice. You make sure you go and do it. Um, it's actually enabling the business to run. And it's, mm. um, so there's a, there's a, a subtle kind of psychological change in that as well. I think that the business are feeling. Yeah, and you know that's uh, something which I think has been ingrained in 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 those in business for decades. You know, they hear the term objective and they automatically think, you know, annual appraisals and such. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, you're absolutely right. It's it's as much about the um, sort of the upgrade to the business operating system now, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. It's just a, it's an it's an enabler as opposed to another task on the to do list. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, okay, a lot of experience, a lot of water under the bridge, a lot of um, OKRs worked on and, and and reviewed and checked in against and reset and so on, number of cycles gone round. So with all that experience, you must have learned something along the way. So, you know, share with us, if you will, um, you know, a couple of a couple of lessons that you've learned and and maybe if you if you were to do it all again, you know, what might you do differently next time? Good question. I think what have we learned? I think the first things that I learned, I kind of alluded to this earlier on actually, is right at the very start it's quite hard yards. Mm. You are unpicking years of doing traditional goals. And as I say, the way to to write them, the way to articulate them, the way that you're um, focusing on the top line key results takes a bit of getting used to for people. Um, so you've just got to stick at it and work with it and coach them through it and things like that. And they get there and, and then they see the light when it's there. But it, I guess that, that first bit, you know, I think we probably, when we did the workshop with, with you guys, we probably thought, oh, well, here we go. We've got loads of senior people. We'll have a workshop for an hour and it'll all be done. Because <laughs> you know? we're all clever people, you know, we'll, we'll get it yeah, done. Yeah. And, it, and it took two or three few hour sessions to get there because you are, as I say, you're unpicking it and you, you've got to change mindsets and get people working in a slightly different way. Um, but it's worth it. So definitely stick with that. Um what else did we learn? I think having owners within the business areas themselves um, to own it and drive it and challenge where it's maybe getting a bit clunky for people rather than yeah. having to be your HR team parachuted in. Yeah. I would say this is a business tool. So I would definitely advocate the fact that you've got a few champions or advocates or, or coaches or whatever you want to call them in the actual business units that are in those meetings week by week so that they're, they're in those meetings and can challenge things from an OKR perspective if it's going off piste or it's getting a bit too tell they're the people that are there on the ground doing it so having people that can do that challenge would be hugely um, beneficial yeah yeah is there anything to do differently um I suppose if I was being hypercritical, I would probably say we needed to be more vociferous with the with the benefits that we were seeing from the pilot teams because um, it, it kind of got out there by osmosis, if you like. You know, people yeah. were chatting, and and then when they did get chatting, they were engaged in it and one and curious about OKRs and wanting to give it a go. Maybe we could have gotten more traction quicker had we doing some proper kind of comms plan around the benefits and really kind of bang the drum about it. Um, but equally, you know, you've got to do it at the right pace for the business and, and the resource that you've got, et cetera, so that you do it right. So that's probably one area if I was being hypercritical. Right. But other than that, I think it's worked really well. So by that you mean perhaps 
I zeroing in and really promoting those those uh, those early green shoots, those early benefits that you saw. Yeah, and and maybe celebrating the early adopters. Yeah, because yeah. actually, that, you know, every business cries out for innovation, right? So yeah, you know, having people that are be are willing to stick their head above the parapet and try something new and innovate when it comes to things like goal setting to try OKRs, then you know, get them on the stage to tell people how good it is and how it's worked and things like that. Um, give them the kudos and the, and the, and the kind of spotlight for it. Um, but give them a platform so that everybody else in the business can see it, and therefore you probably get a take up quicker. Whereas yeah. at the moment we probably did it step by step as we thought would probably work. And it has yeah. worked, but maybe it could have been a bit quicker, but again, right. being hypercritical really. No, I mean, I think it's an interesting reflection uh, when it comes to the sort of change management aspect around it. Um, seizing, you know, those 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 as I said, green shoots, and like you say, putting the champions on the stage. Yeah, I think is something which helps to make the wider change a bit more of a pull than a push. Exactly, um, and you know, I, you're right. There is always that that osmosis that word of mouth people are looking over the garden fence seeing what's going on in that in 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 their neighboring parts of the business and thinking oh can we get involved in that um and that's really great energy as well because that makes it more of a pull than a push as well but yeah there's there's like you say i think there's a bit more that could be done to to perhaps accelerate that pull (laughs) yeah exactly Mm. and you know i'm one of those people that will always try and do it faster if i can (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think I have I've yet to met to meet anyone any leaders in organisations that wouldn't, to be honest. So, exactly. yeah, yeah. So, okay, uh, you've shared some really great insights and some really great reflections there. Thank you, Ian. I'm just going to wrap up with one simple question: Was it worth it? Hundred percent, it was worth it. Yeah, simple as. Simple as. Okay. Well, you can't say more than that, really. Uh, so Ian I'm going to uh, say a massive thank you for you lending us uh, half an hour of your time to talk to me and our listeners about how you've implemented OKRs at TalkTalk if people want to reach out they can find you on LinkedIn yeah absolutely they can okay fantastic and uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us uh, for another episode of Giant Talk. And I shall be back in the next week or so with our next episode. So uh, keep safe and enjoy your adventures with OKRs uh, between now and then. Thanks very much. Thanks.